Amazing. It's absolutely amazing. But under the right circumstances, a producer could make more money with a flop than he could with a hit. Hmm. Yes, it's quite possible. Welcome to the NFC Leafs Show, the only podcast today keeping the NFC East honest. Williams, how are you doing? Feeling very dishonest. Uh, <laughs> ready to get to work, ready to argue with you. Uh, the weather's beautiful, so it's a great time to be indoors. It is a great time to be indoors for month 10 <laughs> of a global pandemic. Um, this, this episode has been long hinted at, long discussed. This is the first episode of our NFC East All 2000s team. Are you pumped? Uh, I'm pumped. I, I really can't wait. <laughs> so uh for the listeners what sean and i have decided is we're going to be doing the front seven first of the defense so this episode will be our picks for the best nfc east players in the defensive front seven of the decade of the 2000s we agreed this would be from 2000 to 2009 um I'm really excited to talk about the defensive line. This felt like the only obvious position group to start out with, just given how the NFC East has a defensive front seven fetish across all four teams. So many great players to choose from here. Do you want to start with the, uh, I guess first let's talk about how, how did you, how did you uh, pick your team? Like what, did you pick a, a specific formation in the defense um, to kind of build your, your team around? Um, like, like walk yeah. me through a bit of your process on the defensive side. Yeah, well, I think first things first, in the spirit of any NFC East team, I do think it's built from the front seven out. And so the way that that unit plays informs kind of the style that the rest of the team will have. Um Really, the only other equivalent is on the offensive line, which we'll get to eventually. Uh, but I decided to go with a kind of... I, I wanted to cause as much chaos as possible with the talent that I had. Um, so a lot of aggression, a lot of speed, just trying to evoke panic. Um, and so I went with a 3-4 because I think given the, the players that I had to work with, um, it just made more sense. I think it makes makes the team faster, makes them more aggressive, and I trust that the the secondary will will hold up on the back end. I gotta say, uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. The NFC East starts in the trenches, no matter what. Um, even if the rest of the team is absolute dog shit, I think most NFC East teams year in year out um, have at least a passable defensive or offensive line especially in uh this decade um i found it pretty hard even even the mediocre teams throughout this decade like uh washington and for half the decade the cowboys um just had great players on both lines to pick from um i like your little like uh art of war style <laughs> mindset 
<laughs> about wanting to like actually taking a strategic route for me i i also picked a three four but it had nothing to do with thinking about how these players would actually play together it just there were too many good edge rushers and right. i wanted to pick them all <laughs> i mean that that's my real reason but i thought mine sounded cooler um yeah and i also think you know i was just thinking about at least the way that I was constructing it is like, how would this team play in the 2000s, like with 2000s rules, you know, which means at least until 2004, a little more violent getting after the quarterback, certainly more physical um, kind of at the snap with receivers. Right. So uh, that was a consideration as well. It was just like, I thought about, okay, what was the most successful team in the 2000s, the Patriots, what else is new? And what did they run? Kind of a classic two, th- two or three, four with you know Richard Seymour and Teddy Bruschi or whoever. Like I think that in some ways I just wanted to get smart and fast. Uh, so yeah, very very art of war and very cool of me. Yeah, <laughs> very cool, very Sun Tzu. I'm very <laughs> proud of you, Sean Williams. <laughs> I am often compared to Napoleon, <laughs> Alexander the Great. You know, all all the big ones. <laughs> yeah, very often compared. <laughs> I have heard it so many times. I, I, just stop playing Civilization, dude. You gotta stop. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, one thing, I, I think I think we're going to start from the D-tackle spot and work outwards. I think also D-tackle, the only thing we could potentially debate is just the player we picked because it's the most straightforward and self-explanatory position. Um, I feel in in like making a three four defense out of four teams that predominantly ran a four three for most of the two thousands. Yeah. yeah. Um, because I have a feeling every other position in this front seven, um, we're gonna have debates about about whether they're actually a fit for the position we picked them for. And D tackle is like the <laughs> lowest risk yes. fit position. <laughs> So let's start that. Who is your who is your nose in this idyllic three four uh, defense? This is this is a hard one for me because I feel like this is my most egregiously homer pick, maybe of all the picks. Um, and I am anxious that I'm saying it as my first one. But it's big old Fred Robbins of the New York Football Giants, mostly because he was the largest guy available. Because, to your point, most of the players we're picking run a 4-3 traditionally. I'm giving up a little bit more size on the defensive end side, which we'll get to. And so I just figured I need to double down on like a classic run stuff for a guy who weighs 330 pounds, you know, very 2000s-esque um, type, of, type of player that unfortunately you don't see as much in today's game where even your defensive tackles are like Aaron Donald and, you know, just uh, a little more slim. Um, so, yeah, I went with Fred Robbins. Clog up the middle. Get me a couple sacks. Just be a boring old glut in the middle of the field. Man, I, I went the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I hear you, and I appreciate you you taking some strategy here. I think I am just too much of a product of the Andy Reid, Jim Johnson era of defense of just like speed balls and get to the, get to the, uh, get to the quarterback first. And then, uh, and then the linebackers will mop up behind it. And I think I just, 
given the strength of some of the linebacking talent also in this front seven, I just kind of trust that like I can lean on them a bit more in ways that maybe the, the current iterations of the Eagles can't, but I did not pick an Eagle as my tackle. I picked Jay Ratliff mm-hmm. from the Dallas Cowboys, mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys as my nose. Yep. Um, a little bit undersized compared to Fred Robinson, but I just love I just love Jay Ratliff a lot, just as a player, and I just sort of trust that he can do enough in in run fits, but he's going to be a huge problem combined with the other ends I have for the offensive line in pass protection at all times. Yeah, and it just seemed too obvious of a pick not to to exclude, even if he's a little bit undersized. Yeah, Jay Ratliff was actually my second pick. Um... Because as crazy as it is, he's probably really came down for me. The other the other guys I was considering, I had Corey Simon on there. Um, ultimately, I think just too small. I think he's even smaller than Ratliff. Leroy Glover, same thing. Another guy who kind of terrified 11-year-old Sean and is now forgotten about, sadly. Um, but yeah, I, I, Ratliff was definitely high up on my list. I think his versatility um, is clear. And I do think... I'm I'm sure we'll agree no matter what ends we pick that they'll be good at stuffing the run even if they are a little undersized. So I'm I'm good with that choice. Uh yeah, I'm just pulling up my list to see who else I had um thrown out there to pick from. A few of the other D tackles I had, um just in my initial combing of it. Yeah. I had a I had Cofield, Barry Cofield. Yep. Um, Jay Ratliff, Leroy Glover. Um, and I had Hollis Thomas, Corey Simon, and Darwin Walker, which is probably all of my Homer picks of just like all three probably had no business being in the same <laughs> conversation as <laughs> Darwin as Walker. Definitely not. the other two are okay Corey simon is i think legit but like darwin walker is kind of like hold hold on a second that's like if i put dave tollefson as like one of our defensive ends he was in the running for me man i like darwin walker uh all right so i don't have a lot of a problem with your selection i'm not gonna like hold you to task for it it is interesting that you called out Leroy Glover because I did a little bit of a a true three four alignment here, and just to segue into this, go into the defensive ends, the two hands down guys. I actually picked Leroy Glover as one of my ends. Really on this line? Wow. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, that makes. I mean, that works for sure. Yeah. I. I mean, I. I. It was hard leaving him off. And I just think that he was already kind of a swing guy as well, even though he's playing interior. And I just think in like a three, four, like, you know, I kind of likened it to like the sets where the Eagles would play Fletcher Cox as like a left, left defensive end yeah. with like a true nose when they're doing like a three, four in the Chip Kelly years. Right. It's like when you have a good, a guy that's that good with his hands and that good in pass rush, and you're playing a three, four, he can help also cover some of the, some of the mess that, uh, that Ratliff may leave in runs. Right. Yeah. So I actually picked Glover as one of my three, four ends 
hands down, get after it. What? Who was your first defensive end? I, first of all, I do like the Glover pick for sure. I honestly didn't really think of him as an end, which maybe I should have gone back to. I took Hugh Douglas, um, put him at right end, a, a Jets legend, but then later, you know, put in some really good years with the Eagles in the early 2000s. He gives me size. He's a menace. Um, and at his peak when he was healthy, definitely one of the top uh, all around ends in the NFL. So I went. I, I had to go with my guy, Hugh, get an eagle on the board. Um, I still have his football card somewhere in my parents' place. Oh, I'm wow. Sure. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love Hugh Douglas. Uh, I actually, uh, I, I, I went back into my initial, like, kind of pruning list to say, like, who was in my thought process before, but I only included a couple honorable mentions across um across my actual final list and mm-hmm. Hugh Douglas was my honorable mention at defensive end. Right. So he was, he was definitely in like the top tier of ends I was considering, but I ultimately left him off to make my second end New York giants legend, OCU in Europe. <laughs> I had to. What? Wait, hold on. <laughs> I had to. Hold on. <laughs> I had to. Hold on. I had to. This is, this is a troll job. This is a troll job. No, it's not. You, okay, okay. I really like OC a lot. <laughs> this is unreal. How is this unreal? Who did you pick? Uh, Michael Strahan, New York Giants oh, legend. Okay, Michael okay. Strahan. Okay. <laughs> I did, I did Let me. I mean, Strahan isn't not on my team. <laughs> okay, do you have Strahan? Okay. I, I can't wait to see Michael Strahan as your tight end because. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um man you have strahan playing a linebacker in a three four okay we'll get there we'll get there we'll i get do there. i do um <laughs> all right walk me through okay well now i'm more now i'm cool with it because now you have two giants so walk me through your oc <laughs> pick here as as defensive end i mean the logic here was basically it might as well just debate michael strahan as the stand-up guy at this point anyway because i was looking at the edges available um and I couldn't not pick both OC and Strahan, and I just thought Strahan would play standing up better than him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there might be some... Strahan definitely, especially like late when, when Spagnuolo was running NASCAR, definitely was playing upright a good amount. I think Strahan's just a better, like like a very good run stuffer, which is why I was comfortable with him being in an end in the 3-4, even though he's definitely undersized for it. Um it's just because this technique was so good. Uh, it's very good at sealing the edge. And, um, but I mean, OC certainly gives you some heat in the pass rush. There's no, no doubt about that. Although- yeah, I think, I think for me, it's just like, I look at just Strahan's build and just like how violent he was with his hands, you know? And I yeah. just trust that like, if he was coming now, also, if I'm like the defensive coordinator of this defense, um, I'm being creative, right? There's going to be some four down sets. There's going to be some three down sets, right? I just, in the few times that I have Strahan maybe having to pick up, or the edge having to pick up some passing responsibilities or just like shadow a running back or something, I trust Strahan more to like, do the work and like be passable at that that I do OC OC. I just sort of see as like 
a amazing lineman. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but not like a great like utility defensive player in the same way I think Strahan can be, even though Strahan was uniquely great at being a lineman, if that makes sense. Yeah, sure. I think uh, OC has always kind of reminded me of Dwight Freeney in that he's like a speed rusher, you know, who just in certain games and certain matchups was unstoppable, forced a ton of fumbles, um, came from the same side as Dwight a lot of the time. So I, I hey, and you know what? Yeah. Maybe I maybe I trust you more and I swap him back, you know, but to well, me, it's like to me, I'm having my my right side of my my defense being held down entirely by Strahan and OC double team. You better. Oh, I, I'm, I'm OK with it. I think. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you will have one guy in particular in the. The. Uh, the linebacking core who can really stop the run. Cause that would be my thought right now is like, okay, Ratliff, OC. I mean, that's Glover can exactly definitely get after it, but that's exactly where we're going. Yeah. To, I, I, I think I know who it is. <laughs> I think I know. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll see if I'm right. Um, right. So I went right. straight hand on the edge just quickly. We already talked about that. I did consider OC ended up not going with him or picking him on my team. I also consider Justin Tuck, who is really hard to leave off because he actually has the size to be, I think, a 3-4 defensive end. Definitely bigger Tuck, than, yeah, O.C. or Strahan. But, Tuck was definitely in my my calculus as well. Yeah. Here. I just, for some reason, I couldn't, you know. He's just not, he's just not quite on yeah. the same level. Yeah, exactly. You know? So, um. Yeah, so sorry. So you had Strahan hands down as the end in your three four. Since I already gave away that he was my edge, who's your first edge? My first edge will will go uh, with Demarcus Ware as my first edge. <laughs> um, I'm I'm. We'll see how that shakes out on your team. I don't want to anticipate too much, but to I me, mean, he was my he's my second edge. Yeah, so we right. can talk. We, we can just have this be he a Demarcus be. Ware. Yeah, we have a Demarcus Ware love fest yeah. slash hate fest for a few seconds. Yeah, <laughs> both a both a both fest for sure. Yeah. Um he because he would basically be kind of like how you're using Strahan as like a optional when you want to go into more of a four three or have his hand in the dirt. I think Demarcus Ware very comfortable in that situation. Can kind of do a little bit of everything if he's put out in coverage. He'll be okay. So, again, just like with my with my theory, it's basically big Fred Robbins in the middle and then speed kind of everywhere else outside of Hugh Douglas. So where gives you, you know, a ton of dynamism off uh, off the edge. Yeah, I God, Demarcus Ware is so good. <laughs> like he he single handedly carried that Cowboys defense for a very long time. Um, I. Yep. uh yeah, I, I think in as I'm looking at just my entire lineup right now, I, I think where maybe I was thinking was all right, in terms of your in terms of hands in the dirt guys, right? I think OC is the the weak link in that in these three, but he was too good to leave off of the team, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know? But we've got two kind of bulkier guys offset. I can see Strahan coming off the side with Glover on the end, who can kind of cover the run 
for him and yeah. Strahan can just sort of rush and be a swing pass guy. But then ultimately I'm trying to scheme if either of these edges need to be responsible in pass pro or, uh, you know, pass coverage rather um, that I'm trying to funnel as much of that and where's direction as possible and just have him line up over OC and OC is just a speedball, right. right? Yeah. You know, and like occasionally to like throw the offensive line off, I'll send both where and OC coming off one side, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. just overload a lot of speed, make the quarterback yep. to make a bad decision. I hear it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Who, who else was kind of in your, uh, your line edge conversation before we, uh, before we go on to linebackers? Um, I, I had Trent Cole in there. Um, I did as well, of course. <laughs> yeah, kind of again, kind of a flexible. He would he would probably have been a linebacker in my setup, um, but I had him in there. Uh, honestly, I I combed through a lot of linebacker types that I thought maybe they could play the edge. I kind of decided against all of them. Um, so really, for me, it was Trent Cole and OC were the other kind of speed guy considerations to fill that 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 uh that pass rush three four linebacker spot yeah i actually didn't have any all right here here's a good question do we call them redskins because they were yeah, a point in I, time redskins i thought about that <laughs> i think I, I thought about that earlier today i feel like if we do that it'll seem like this whole thing's an excuse to say redskins redskins <laughs> And it just like we don't like there's no reason for us to do it. I don't listen. I don't I don't support. Yeah. That team name. Yeah. I but it's very hard to not see them as that in that point in time. Yeah. So. All right. So let's just resolve to to say uh, would be football team members. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Washington. Hey, the, yeah. So. Would be football team members. <laughs> Future football team members. <laughs> Future football team alumni. Yeah, ring, How about that? Football team <laughs> ring of honor type guys. Um, I actually didn't have any of them in consideration. All of the all of my linemen were either Eagles, Dal- uh, Dallas, or Giants. Yeah, I, um, I, I had the same. The only the only guy for me was um, I did think about Cornelius Griffin at defensive tackle for a minute, but he, I mean, yeah. even that's kind of biased because he played for the giants to start his career. So one of what I ended up picking, I ended up picking all three of the Cowboys I had filtered out. The only giant I left off was tuck. Mm-hmm. And then the only Eagle that made the cut, uh, actually no Eagles made the cut. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But I like but I picked seven of them as like my first like <laughs> Yeah, the rest the, the, the entire offensive unit is gonna be Eagles, which is honestly hard Only to argue. Hugh Douglas almost almost made it. But yes. that, that's already showing a bit of my Eagles bias, and I'm already like picking seven that don't deserve to be there. But I was throwing out like, what about Hugh Douglas? What about Javon Curse? What about Burgess? <laughs> Javon Curse. Like, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> But I couldn't, in good conscience, pick the one season Javon Curse yeah. experience no. over 
Strahan. <laughs> no. <laughs> Any of the. No, we'd stop no. talking. So. <laughs> I didn't talk about my other uh, edge linebacker because technically we had Strahan. Strahan's fucking up everything. So. No, but I thought you said where was your other one? Where is my first one? Oh, you did it. Yeah. You did it. You're my, right. My, All right. My All three right. four is Douglas, Robin, Strahan, and then where? Um, All right. And this one is a fun one, I think. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, this is going to be good. <laughs> Penn State legend, unironically, Penn State legend, LeVar Arrington. Uh, wow. Okay. What? <laughs> yeah. LeVar Arrington. Because I, I go, go ahead. No, I want to hear you lay out this case. So LeVar Arrington is like kind of notorious for being not not a bust per se, um, but a, a disappointment at the NFL level after putting together probably one of the most prolific college careers of all time at linebacker U Penn State um, came into the league and within his first three seasons or first four seasons had three Pro Bowl appearances and then kind of injuries caught up to him. I know he was kind of ragged for having for taking plays off or having a poor attitude. I don't know how much of that is real or how much of that was like early 2000s, like just made up stuff. Sometimes it's kind of hard to tell. Um, you know, it's so, it's so hard when to, to think about like, what was this player actually like before they could express themselves on social media or anything yeah. like this is a different era, but LeVar Arrington, I mean, he, he had a season where he deflected 11 passes and forced six fumbles and had 11 sacks with like a hundred tackles. Like, and that was, and I think he was being miscast in his role in Washington, which I would think probably a lot of Washington fans would actually agree with me on. He was dropped into coverage too often. Granted, he would be my coverage linebacker in this scenario, but kind of like you, I'm more just playing a 5-2 here, sending a lot of heat all the time. Um, He's so fast, so aggressive, hits hard, classic 2000s player. I thought he could do a little bit of everything for me, and uh, I, I... Thought it was a nice little experimental pick. Yeah, I love that pick because I actually struggled. I I feel exactly the same as you about LeVar Arrington. In fact, just to throw a little bit of real 2000s nostalgia, whenever I did like a franchise mode with the Eagles in Madden, I would always hunt LeVar Arrington in a trade because... (laughs) Because the Madden like valuation of it based on his real world perception was always undervalued, and I can always get him for like a fifth round pick or something. And he just like ran around the field, tackled everybody. I I always thought he was underrated at the time. I wanted to get him on this team, but just with how my roster ended up falling, I he's I really, I really admire that you threw him at the edge and what he can do there. Because I think what my problem was, was I couldn't... Like, I wanted OC on my line. I needed Strahan and Ware. And I just couldn't see Arrington outperforming either one of my two inside guys at the job I need them to do in this defense. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, uh, I, I couldn't reconcile putting Arrington on the inside... Basically, we just swapped Arrington and OC in terms of once we got past the Hugh Douglas uh, slash um, Leroy Glover end situation. Yeah. But 
Yeah, I just thought, yeah, a, a ton of speed. Like, I, th- I think this, de- like, I think my front seven is capable of putting up like 55 to 60 sacks a year on people, like, you know, just really constantly yeah, yeah, yeah. hammering the quarterback. And I think I'd rather have, if Arrington is like missing a bubble screen every once in a while, whatever, because he's going to hit that running back even harder later. So, like, just get physical, be on a jacked up a lot, just, you know, 2000s vibes. Yep. Love it. So yeah, so you, you kind of summarize it. We we are pretty much in alignment except for swapping OC for Arrington and then Glover for Douglas. Yeah, and then yeah, Robbins Ratliff, but like pretty close so far. Nothing too crazy. What do you mine's a little bit feels like mine's a little bit faster. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> Hugh Douglas is not fa- is not like fast per se. Yeah, um, I think Arrington's really fast. I think we're gonna see how the linebackers shake out. I would be, I'm very interested in the middle linebackers. Um, yeah, I think I'm a little bigger than you. I think I probably stop the run a little better than you do. You probably defend actual Brian Westbrook types out of the backfield a lot better than I do on screens and you know, kind of crossing route type stuff. Um, for sure. All right. Uh, do you want to just do both inside linebackers at once? Yeah. I'll tell you both of mine. Yeah. All right. I'd be surprised. I, 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 I feel like we're going to argue about these. <laughs> <laughs> either, either we're going to be in complete agreement or we're going to be so not in agreement. All right. So my two were Washington, future football team alumni yeah (laughs) uh legend london fletcher okay and the axe man yeah jeremiah trotter i knew yeah that's that's who i was hinting at with the whole run stuffing thing yeah you knew it you knew it you knew it you knew it had to be be that way it's gonna be trotter yeah okay you want to walk me through it yeah i mean i needed to i needed to just you know, warriors at that position. <laughs> like I needed two guys that would clean up everything. <laughs> right. See, this is an interesting because you know? because your team is otherwise maybe a little smaller and a little faster than mine. You went yeah. in this direction where your two interior guys are more heavy hitter. I mean, London Fletcher, total tackle machine. Like, yeah, literally fin- finished his career with over two thousand tackles, which is mind boggling. Um, yeah, I, I basically picked two heat-seeking missiles to clean up every mess that my line and my edges end up leaking yeah. in their quest to get to the quarterback as quickly as possible. You know, totally. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> like, and I feel like in this division, like I, God, I love London Fletcher. Obviously, I love Jeremiah Trotter. Um. They just seem like the two most obvious people to pick, but I know that you're going to subvert me right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so can I start with, uh, I actually have Jeremiah Trotter on my team. He's, he's one of my linebackers. Um, because once again, my whole philosophy here is like what I envision 2000s football as like just hit very hard, like very, very hard concussions. What are concussions? Never heard of those because we've had so many concussions. Um, so I, I have Trotter. I have the Axeman as just kind of like that 
that last line of defense, probably the emotional leader of the front seven from like a get fired up standpoint, you know, um, I, I admire a good victory celebration and he has one of the best ones in my opinion. People, people, here's my take for the day. People imitate the Ray Lewis, like the dirty bird thing way too much. And people have forgotten about the actual best linebacker celebration, which is, I think, throwing the ax down. It's just, it's so smooth. It comes when I love that the transition from like a big hit to like crawling on all fours and then scrambling up only to throw the ax down and like kind of get on all fours again is an awesome just an awesome sequence. So, um, God, style points uh, for know, me. I also, I, for any Washington fans listening, yeah, <laughs> let's, let's also give him props. He did spend some very good years in Washington as well. I obviously love him for his time in the Eagles, both during the NFC uh, championship and Super Bowl run years. Then also he came back as an old man yeah. in the later two seasons and was still very playable and very good. Yeah. Like it was kind of crazy. Like we could never replace Trotter and then old bad Trotter still outplayed every young guy we tried to draft and develop to replace Trotter. It's still kind of boggled my mind when he got cut in training camp, like as an old guy. Like, yeah. And I remember my friend's dad was like, well, he probably can't run like a five, five 40. And I was like, yeah, but he's Jeremiah Trotter, man. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> man. Um, Trot, Trot, Trot's a legend. Yes. Um, couldn't, couldn't not include him on this list. And I think you're so right. He does typify. 2000s football. <laughs> it's like, yes. like, like throwing his whole body into things. I think half the reason why he, his, <laughs> He got cut in training camp. Was just like he literally wore his body down in the year two thousand five, and right. like it just. But his career kept going for another four years. You <laughs> right. know? And also, probably as the philosophies change, like once it's two thousand eight, Jeremiah Trotter becomes less of like a jacked up, like uh, standard, and more of like a walking OSHA violation for everybody else in training camp. Like, do I want Jeremiah Trotter to kill my starting running back? Maybe not. <laughs> Yeah, you don't you don't want Trotter, you know, decapitating Corel Buckhalter. <laughs> oh man. All right, who's your other inside linebacker? It's Antonio Pierce. It's Homer time, I baby. Know it was. <laughs> okay, so so hear me out here. Hear me out. I, I thought about London Fletcher, who in my opinion also is frankly the only other real consideration on this list. I had like a ton of linebackers here but most of them weren't even like that good like carlos emmons dahani jones uh marcus washington i had on there like guys who are like fine but not like guys you'd want on an all decade team london yeah. fletcher 100 probably just like on pure accolades the best line of of any of the linebackers that we've actually picked here you know like that's just how good he was my only issue with london <laughs> What? I just love that you're like London Fletcher, objectively the best linebacker. <laughs> I didn't. That's why I took it. <laughs> no, no, no. Hold on, hold on, though. hold on. And this is this was my reading of the rules, but he only played three years in the 2000s for Washington because before that he was on Buffalo, um, and ultimately for me that wasn't enough 
production time, I guess. He had a couple of years, like from 2010 to like 2012 or 13 or something. He still was, he was a stud until he was like practically 40 years old. But from like my technicality brain and mostly as an excuse to get Pierce on there, I did not include London Fletcher, but I can acknowledge that, you know, if it were, if there was no such thing as volume, if it were just peak, he would be on my team. Um, I, I, I also critiqued Fletcher like that, I guess, but I, I guess, I don't know. Three years is plenty. And also Hugh Douglas. Come on, man. You picked him and he played. Yeah, I know. Three, <laughs> three well, years of the Eagles uh, in the 2000s. Was it only three years? Was it yeah, man. Well, he was with them in the 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right, but I don't care. <laughs> like Douglas's three Pro Bowl years with the Eagles were 2000 through 2002, and then he left. <laughs> and then he played in 2004. He got three sacks. Uh, sure. <laughs> Um, sure. Yeah, look, I hear you. The Hugh Douglas thing, I was thinking about it as I was saying, is it is it hypocritical? Could I, would I be 100% okay with Fletcher? I, like, yeah, I would make that switch for Pierce. I could do that. But Antonio Pierce. Make the, make the Pierce case. Yeah, this, isn't pro- a, this isn't a Pierce over uh, Fletcher discussion. This is a give me the merits of Antonio yeah, Pierce. Yeah, I mean, Antonio Pierce played his entire career within the NFC East from 01 to 09. Um, and he was one of the most cerebral linebackers. Really, I, if you talk to Giants fans now, the last good, the last good linebacker we had, um, which might be a little unfair, but and um, a guy who could actually get out in coverage, very shifty and speedy, um, lateral side to side movement. I thought he was the perfect complement to Trotter. I started with Trotter, and then I went to Pierce because I was like, who's if Trotter is the emotional like heavy hitter, lay the wood, kind of got some slow feet. Who's going to be this shiftier guy who can actually cover a running back and who can actually like, you know, be another guy who can read the offense, you know? So that was kind of my, my Antonio Pierce bias. I think more of the, the ice to Trotter's fire, you know? Yeah. Also another player that spent time at two yeah. NFC East. Games yeah. He was a stud for Washington, which I'm sure only Washington fans remember at this point, but he was, he was quite good for them. Yeah. So. Another, uh, another Northeast corridor superstar. That's right. He's up there. Up with and down the... 995 for his entire career. Trot also <laughs> fits into that category. Yep. Um, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I really like Antonio Pierce as well. I just viewed Fletcher and Trotter as like 1A, 1B, and Pierce is like a huge cliff two, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, Pierce was really good. I think Pierce is like a, like a basically a poor man's London Fletcher and maybe even, maybe even faster when you consider the time frame that like we're talking about London Fletcher when he's like 33, you know? Yeah, like yeah, he's yeah. a stud, but he is older, you know. And the yeah. the reasons why he's a stud is pretty much all upstairs. Like he's a genius when it comes to football. So yeah, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I just thought I just thought Fletch and Trot were clearly a cut above. I I think Arrington and Pierce were in the same tier in my head. And like I said, I love that you got errington in as one of your edges and i just think pierce for me fell into that same purgatory of like not quite an edge but also not quite good enough 
compared to the inside linebackers I picked, mm-hmm. right? Um, but in, just in terms of the other guys that made my cut that I'm looking at before I whittled it down to those two, not a lot of linebackers that I actually like. No. I had way more linemen that I gave consideration to. And interestingly, there were no would-be football team alumni in the line, but four yes. I picked as potential linebackers. There was Pierce, Arrington, Fletcher, and Rocky McIntosh. Rocky McIntosh. As, like, yeah. maybe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then I only picked two Giants and, I guess, one and a half Giants and one and a half Eagles. Yep. <laughs> With uh, Jesse Armstead and then Dahani Jones being the crossover Giant and Eagle and then Trump. Yeah, Jesse Armstead was, was a guy I thought about. Dahani Jones I also thought about, but I was also, like, was Dahani Jones, like, good? I wasn't, like, yes, but not. I let's just put it this way. I feel like the Honey Jones was always in the Philadelphia Inquirer for like playing guitar and wearing fedoras or something. <laughs> it was never like the Honey Jones is like, you know, an all pro. It was always like the Honey Jones has eclectic tastes. So, yeah. Yeah, I I I I agree with you, but I do think he was also a good linebacker. Um definitely not all 2000s all pro. I I don't even know how many Pro Bowls, he, I think he made the Pro Bowl at least once, but it wasn't like he was like a perennial Pro Bowler. I think he was just like a... Yeah, never, he never made the Pro Bowl, turns out. I could have also said he made it once, but yeah, he did not. All right, I thought he may have made it the one year where the Eagles were just the darling of the league and everyone made the Pro Bowl, Yeah, you know? Right. I mean, he did have a year, in 03 with the Giants, he did have 120 tackles. Um, Yeah. I think he was a great linebacker but just not great great like role play yeah. just like coach's guy yeah. like if you put him out at the outside linebacker position you know he's not going to screw up but he's also not going to like win you games yeah he, j- he just wasn't explosive enough like as an actual yeah. athlete to do that kind of thing but fun fact i saw dahani jones on a boat in manahawkin new jersey when i was must have been like 10 so <laughs> was he playing a guitar and wearing a fedora <laughs> I, he may have been wearing a fedora. I know he was not playing <laughs> guitar because he was driving a boat, and that would have been incredibly reckless. <laughs> oh man! Um, but no, he 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 apparently owned a house near my grandparents' house on the bay, on the Barnegat Bay in Manahawkin. When he was, uh, this is actually, it was after the Eagles. He was with the Giants at the time. Yeah, but you know, I mean. LBI is equidistant from the Meadowlands in Philly, so it makes sense. <laughs> right. Are you, okay, so I just Googled the Honey Jones Philadelphia Inquirer, right? And the top <laughs> yeah. the top headlines are uh Honey Jones like playing his banjo. Um <laughs> uh Honey Jones travel holic. Um the Honey Jones talking about, you know. You, how you can be an Instagram sensation. And then loaded with linebackers, team cuts to Honey Jones. Those are the top. (laughs) (laughs) So that's that's not, I'm really not trying to throw shade on the Honey Jones, but it was just weird how he was covered by Philadelphia media because it was always like, our yeah. like sculptor <laughs> and NFL linebacker Donnie Jones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> reminds me a bit of how they covered Connor Barwin too. 
Just like <laughs> right, always like Philly media. This is where he lives. With, <laughs> yeah, enamored with like the fact he owned an apartment in like Fishtown and like went to hip <laughs> concerts and stuff. Right, you right. know, but like never about like oh like how deserving of a Pro Bowl spot he was or something. Right. It's just you gotta <laughs> have anyway. a guy like that sometimes. <laughs> All right, well that that's our front seven. Um Actually, a lot, a lot more overlap than I. Only, I guess, four spots we we didn't agree on, right? Um, interior, yeah. the D tackle, one of the DNs, one of the edges, and one of the linebacker, right? Yeah, I think moving really two of the linebackers because the Arrington Strahan, like Strahan, we both took Strahan, but in different spots, which is kind of what makes yeah. it confusing. But. Um, yeah, I had a couple more maybe fringy picks on the linebacker core than you did, but I I will stand by Hugh Douglas until I die. <laughs> I can't believe you're dying on an E pill before I am. He was he was just a beast. He was just I flat listen, out I'm with beast. you. That's why, like it is it is of with the utmost respect that I give him an honorable mention. Yeah. When I gave no other honorable mention, <laughs> like like on the defense at all, I did give some honorable mentions at a on the offense, yeah, particularly at running back that we'll get to when we get to it. But for sure, well, that was that was really fun. Um, I think I think that's about it. Yeah, until next time we do this. So I think next time we're doing the offensive line. That's that's uh, gonna be another <laughs> really I that one is so that I think do you think offensive line is more loaded than defensive line? In terms of depth, I should say. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um I also think that it's ultimately gonna be a fight between Eagles and Giants. <laughs> there's there's a good amount of that. There's a good amount of that. Like I, I could see I could see a pretty intense fight across the offensive line between us two. So I do think there's <laughs> at least at least in my initial pruning of the list, there was not a lot of Washington offensive linemen that stuck out. And there was really only like one or two clear cut favorites from Dallas. Yeah. As well. <laughs> yeah. But like but the Giants and Eagles both had offensive lines worthy of Super Bowl appearance in the 2000s, you know? <laughs> yeah, several <laughs> all-pro like, type guys. Yeah, exactly. So I, I feel like, I feel, I mean, this is just my opinion. I feel like either the 04 team of the Eagles or the 07 Giants could have just been the five across the board for either of us, and it would be defensible. So it'll be interesting to see how we divvied that up. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. I've got some interesting, this is one where I think talking about the depth is going to be really fun. And I think what's really fun about this series in general is that it allows me to talk with more tranquility about players that I used to hate, you know, um, like, yeah. How did I honest, feel about DeMarcus Ware at the time? Like you could not have asked me that, you know, I hated him. <laughs> I would have I would have said he was terrible. I would have said he was a fraud, like all sorts of very uncharitable things that I can now acknowledge, um, you know, were just totally emotion driven. 
Um, and with the distance of time, I have found inner peace. Yeah. And also, this is arguably our most upbeat and positive podcast since we started this. <laughs> well, that's because the teams were good then, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> and even if they weren't, yeah, they had players. <laughs> look back on it wistfully now in <laughs> right. comparison right i feel like anyone listening to this podcast during this series is going to be it's gonna be like a like whiplash when we start talking about training camp and just like how freaking dour we are about <laughs> <laughs> about everything else oh, I know. so I'm, I'm excited we have this bit of a bit of escapist fantasy for the next month and a half until we have to start talking about Friggin' training camp. Like, oh man. We should give out a Dahani like, Jones award for like what <laughs> what player gets the most headlines while like like the most like human interest headlines to conversely related to on field production. <laughs> That's a good idea. All right. Well, I'm having fun already. Uh let's meet again in a week or two to talk about offensive line. Sounds like a plan. Looking forward to it. All right. See you, buddy. Bye-bye.